Target Friends Show. Friends, famous Ashley Grant here, and I just want to welcome you to the Bloggy Friends Show. We're so excited to have you join us on this journey of sharing our knowledge and experiences with you. Whether you're a blogger, a content creator, or just someone who's interested in learning more about the digital world, we've got something for you. So grab your notebook and a pen to take some notes, or just sit back and take in all the amazing information and ideas we're about to share with you. Let's get into it. But Josh, I'm so excited you could be here today. Can you do us a favor and tell us what you do? Well, look, first off, I'm I am a famous Ashley Grant fanboy, so that's that's my, I would say my my absolutely first uh, you know love, uh, my first uh, you know priority in life. Uh, aside from that, uh, <laughs> that we have spent we have spent it has been many 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 years. I think we originally connected at a uh, blogging conference and um, Florida BlogCon, seen each other at some podcasting conferences and so forth, but. Um, yeah, so um, so what I do uh, is we have a network. We've launched over 200 podcasts, and we use those podcasts to celebrate other people, to serve audiences, and to provide the absolute best networking on the planet for our clients. So where before, what they were trying to do for business development um, or attracting investors or influencers or customers primarily. Um, you know, I think historically, maybe they were trying lead gen tactics or marketing and sales funnels and advertising. And that stuff is uh, really doesn't work very well. Uh, and it's especially today, um, especially if you're reaching out to leaders. Um, lead gen is not appropriate for leaders. It just isn't. If you come sliding into my DMs, um, I'm going to market as spam. I'm going to complain. And and it's not it's not anyone's fault. It's just that marketers have really ruined that. And so um, for great consultants, coaches, agency owners, B2B service providers, you're going to have to extend invitations. If you want to connect and, and network with leaders, you're going to have to extend appropriate invitations. And here's here, here's a clue. Um, if I get cold email and I was mentioning to you, actually, like even in preparation for this podcast, uh, you said, well, I sent you the link. I'm like, oh, sorry, I have a few inboxes. Um, most of them are watched over by somebody else. Um, and then I've got one personal one that, you know, I just use for like, you know, hey, personal subscriptions or whatever, you know, but occasionally a marketer will find it. I don't know where it's listed. Uh, and um, there's only a few invitations to get through in any, any inbox. And those are speaking invites, media invites, um, interview requests, and that's about it. Anything else that comes in cold, it just goes to the dead letter office. So, uh, and and that's just because it's just my mandate. I don't have time to look at stuff. I, I have, you know, I, I'm I'm a busy guy. I, I you know, you know, our clients are you know busy leaders. They're they're running their companies. So if you want to engage with them, um, again, you have to engage in a way that they are open to. Um, truly provide an active service a la Bob Berg, the go-giver. And then from there, you build an amazing relationship, do lots of great work together and, uh, you know, grow, scale and and in, enjoy uh, consistent profitability month after month after month. Which is what we all want now. So how many podcasts did you say your company runs? 
Well, so we've launched well over 200 at this point, and um, that's really starting to ramp up a little bit too, um, just simply because in the B2B world, it's really tough. Sales is tough these days. Um, you know, trying to sell into enterprise, um, trying to get founders of SMB and, and mid-market companies, it's uh, it, it, what what is currently out there does not work. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of the advice is geared toward marketing to newbie entrepreneurs, um, and that's inappropriate for for um, legacy business leaders. They're just they those are two completely different personas. So um, I, I think we've gotten some good attention, some good buzz in the right areas in kind of the B two B sales world, um, where we've been able to do some really amazing work. I mean, putting you know leading to amazing six and seven figure sales transactions, you know, just simply because you're leading in generosity, leveraging platform and a little bit of authority. Yeah. And I mean, you, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with something that you said, you said a lot of the things nowadays, the advice they give is to newbie marketers. And unfortunately, the sad thing is a lot of it's wrong. Um, I was just in a, a class a couple of days ago and I won't name names to protect the guilty. But basically, they were saying the old adage of spray and pray to mm. to get sponsorship deals for bloggers. And you know, she was she was doing this whole class, and it was a, it was a lovely presentation. She's a lovely woman, but the whole presentation was okay. Get yourself a database, and then every single day, I want you to cold pitch everyone. Oh. And that's not working anymore. If you want real oh. sponsorships, real relationships, yeah, then that kind of that kind of thing is going to get you maybe a free you know uh, blender. But you're not going to get the money, which is what we're all looking for. And even though we're not supposed to say we're looking for the money, come on, we all need to get paid. So yeah, and, you know, and and actually, there's something to be said for our um, sustainability in our activity. Um, listen, if for whatever reason you were born with a personality where you can just cold sell at people for eight hours a day, God bless you. I, I, you know, and, you know, I have to deal with all the rejection and the people being a little bit annoyed and you're just going to close, 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 baby. You know, you're like straight out of the movie Glengarry Glen Ross. If that's you, God bless you. I don't know too many people like that. Uh, in fact, I would say that that's that that's a very unique kind of persona. Most people, Ashley, I think are like you and I. We love what we do. Um, sales and marketing is, I think, historically I think a lot of us who are very thoughtful and you know about the impact that we want to have in the world, sometimes we look at it as almost like a necessary evil or you know the activity we're doing is not exactly consistent. But what we don't want to do is become those hardcore salespeople. We just we want to build authentic relationships with our dream ideal people. We want to serve the world, do good, bring value, um, build relationships and that should be able to grow our business. So that's what you can do. Um, but again, you're going to have to relax a little bit because you also have to look at the the way the psychological. So I, I, I just I, I want to just you get in the psychological better, like way of why people buy. But again, I just want to make sure that I'm kind of massaging this idea of unsustainable activity. Um that's no business that I want to run. I'm okay with doing some uncomfortable activity for short periods of time, but not, Ashley, not when it violates my values. I'm not going to do it. And cold pitch spamming people, selling at people like I described earlier, I'm just not going to do it. I would rather go get a job. 
and I don't want to get a job. So that tells you how much I don't want to do, you know, cold selling and, you know, be that annoying, hide in the shadows, lurk in the shadows, total creeper behavior. And unfortunately, I see a lot of good business leaders who are being bamboozled by gurus telling them that that's just what it takes to build a business. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's not what classy leaders do. They don't do that stuff. That's so true. And, you know, one of the things that I like about the fact that you've kind of changed um, how how it goes is, you know, not only are you getting in touch with the people who are the decision makers whenever you're inviting them to, let's say, be on a podcast, you also are getting amazing opportunities for media. And so that's kind of what I wanted to bring you on for is, you know, a lot of the bloggers that I talk to, they're all trying to figure out how do I get the word out? How do I get people to give a damn about my about my blog? And you have, I mean, your roots are in the blogging business and you've got 11 billion media appearances. So let's kind of walk things back to how we got to here to where you were getting on the media and then it eventually led to podcast guesting out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, 11 billion is about, it's an estimation. It's somewhere between uh, 10 billion and 12 billion. <laughs> No, yeah, I've used that number. I use that number because I'm a huge Leverage fan. Do you remember that show? Oh, a huge what? Leverage fan, the the show Leverage. Do you remember that show? No, no. Okay, T Timothy Hutton and, uh, uh, oh, God, and I'm going to forget all their names, Beth Reisger and mm -hmm. um, Kristen Kane and all, all those people. Um, so uh, Alec Hardison in episode one says, this guy was worth like $11 billion. When he said that, I was like, that's really funny. And I'm, I'm the girl, I'm obsessed with the pilot episodes of every show I, I like, yeah. as I get obsessed with, I love the pilot episodes. So I watched the pilot episode more than any of the other episodes of the series. So I watched that episode, must have been 200 times. Oh and my goodness. Every time he would say 11 billion, I would crack up and uh -huh. started saying it. And now it's like in my DNA, I just, $11 billion. <laughs> So that's where that uh, little yeah. thing is from. But anyway, so yeah, you've had a lot of media appearances. and yeah. But your original blog that got you all that attention was Saving yeah. Angel. Saving Angel, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... so um, a little bit about that. Yeah, so background, look, um, the, my background was really helpful because it gave me the confidence that I could. Uh, I was a journalist in the United States Navy, went to Defense Information School where all of the journalists for all of the branches of the service go to. One of the guest lecturers who changed my life was a man named Adrian Cronauer, um, which uh, if you're familiar with the movie Good Morning Vietnam, uh, he was he was portrayed in that movie. Um, and it's kind of uh, loosely based on his his story, um, although he'll tell you he's nowhere <laughs> nearly as funny as Robin Williams is in that movie. Um, but um you know, he inspired me about the sacred obligation we have anytime we are serving audiences. Um, I don't know that he had any idea at the time that in the future, maybe he did, in the future, everyone would have access to platform. And you have limitless opportunities to serve audiences. And in his heart, you know, he, you know, his kind of what he would talk about. It's like, you have to be transparent. You have to be authentic. You have to be truthful. And you have to put audience first in everything that you do. Um, and if you'll do that, then audiences will trust you. They'll know that you're a safe place and, and they'll rely upon you, which again, was kind of part of his story. 
Um, so, um, so that was my background. And then I was a broadcast journalist in the United States Navy. I was in uh, Hawaii for three years, um, you know, running TV cameras and doing TV segments um, for uh, AFARTS, uh, Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Um, yeah, and then out of that, um, then I went to school for family science because I wanted to be a love doctor on the radio. That didn't really pan out because I got distracted with internet development. Anyway, so um, launched a bunch of companies. Um, some of them didn't work out real well. Some of them really didn't work out real well. But my seventh business venture, Savings Angel, did all right. And here's what happened. Uh, is that it was a it was a service where I'd help you cut your grocery bill in half. Very very good. It's don't you can go there and check it out, but it's just a blog today, um, and not a very active blog at that. Uh, I'll tell you the full story later. But um, yeah, so I didn't have money for advertising, so I reached out to local radio, TV, newspapers, um, magazines, anywhere that had an audience at the time. Um, you know, really at that time, like blogs were. I don't even know that that was a word. Oh, I think it was. It was, but it just was, um, you know, just kind of coming on the scene, really. Um, but so I went to tra traditional media. I said, I don't have any money, but I could produce a really good uh, segment. Um, in some cases, we would rev share there. But, you know, I just focused on providing incredible value. I did not sell to that audience. Um, you know, my job was to provide so much value that people would tune in, lean forward, listen, take action on what I shared. And, um, you know, that radio, I remember my first full-on radio segment, um, I was about ready to have my utilities cut off because I didn't have money to pay my heat. And this was, I want to say, March, April in Michigan, which is still winter. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I went into the radio station, did my segment and I came back and I earned, uh, just in those first, like it, we were selling a $20 a month membership and just in those $20 a month memberships, I, I earned enough in that one radio segment to pay my heating bill. Uh, and, and then, you know, that was recurring money. So my, 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 my income just went up by like, you know, $400 a month just from that one radio segment. I'm like, this is really great. I should do this more often. Um, and so, yeah, that's so really it was because almost like, you know, Richard Gere and officer and gentleman, I got nowhere else to go. I don't have money for advertising. What do I do? So. Um, so, yeah. So from that, that led to a lot of TV, syndicated TV, syndicated radio. I've been writing a syndicated newspaper column for about 14 and a half years. I think getting on 15 years now. Um, and, um, you know, again, just kind of focus on. That my persona with Savings Angel, I'm the guy who can get you a deal, hook up, or upgrade on anything in life. And that resonates. It's a great persona to be in the media. So I just keep showing up. And even today, people lost interest in coupons a uh, number of years ago, about eight years ago. Um, so there was less interest in this, how we solved that problem. But consumer skills have always been wildly popular. So I've been able to you know, maintain my media relationships. I do, I do a lot of local TV here in Orlando. Um, I'm going in on Friday uh, um, to my local CBS affiliate. And I just, I love it. Even though I don't even really make money on that side of it anymore, I do it because I absolutely just love serving audiences in that way. And I have a lot of compassion for someone who absolutely needs to save money. Well, and one of the things that uh, that struck me with you is you also, you're very good on camera. Like you're very good at talking to audiences. And I, this wasn't on the, in the plan, but like I said, this was going to be a casual conversation. 
So what do you say to the person who's scared to death to even be on camera and talk to the media? That's normal. Um, you're like everybody. So okay. first off, accept that what you are feeling is that's what every single person feels. Unless they have like some sort of a psychological disorder, I would even call it. Most people are are nervous because they want to do a good job, right? And there's a lot of pressure that they put on themselves and they're feeling insecure, like they might not be good enough. Um, so already, based on the emotions that you're feeling, um, just know that that audience, they want you to do a good job. Um, they, they and, and when you um, have genuine emotions and feelings, that's endearing. Like, so I, I want you to know that everybody's rooting for you in a good way. Like we, you're, you're in, I mean, unless you're really like presenting in front of a, you know, a very skeptical group or audience or something like that, or you're going to hit them with this sales pitch or something like that. And it's going to make people hate you. Um, generally, if you're there to bring, bring value and you keep asking yourself the question, how can I increase the value of the time that I have with this audience? What's the most important stuff? that I can share with them. And all I have to do is just get that out. If it's ugly, okay. Okay. Um, so that's really important. That's number one. Number two, you're, it is, you're, it's not going to be pretty. Um, it, listen, your first time on stage, your first time on TV, your first time as a guest on a podcast interview, it's probably not going to go awesome. And that's okay. It's not meant to be awesome. It's meant for you to get your sea legs. I was in the Navy, right? And so, you know, it's like if you're out boating, like initially, whoa, but then after a while, you just like, you don't even notice the boat moving, right? And that's, that's what it's like. So if you go back and watch my very first TV segments, Ashley, they're awful. If you go back and listen to about any very active podcaster today, scroll all the way back. And if they still have them live and published, go back and listen to their first podcast episodes. They're pretty bad. Um, you and I both know and are friends with um, um, with Pat um, Flynn. Um, and, and Pat was the one that really inspired me to get into podcasting. Uh, you know, came across his con content and, and I met him at a, a conference. I think it was either FinCon or Social Media Marketing World or one of those two. Um, but, you know, I told him, I said, Pat, you know, one of the biggest things that gave me confidence was listening to some of your early podcasts because I could tell it was very uncomfortable for you, but you did it anyway. He goes, that's absolutely the case. There's one point I'll never forget. I think it's like episode like one, two or three of Smart Passive Income. I think it's two or three. Like, I don't know if he meant to edit it out, but there's one point where he's talking and he trips up on his words and then he goes, <sighs> and then he kind of starts over and it's in, it's in the audio. And I'm like, I heard that. And I'm like, you know what? It's going to be all right. It doesn't have to be perfect. Go ahead. And unless you say something offensive or it's like really bad, just leave it in. Um, and just let people know that you're doing your best here. Right. And, um, but it's endearing when someone can tell that that you're really trying. And and what here's what'll happen. Like um imp like I did improv comedy at SAC um comedy lab yeah, for a year. And um initially I was so awful because I was so in my head. And one thing that I learned, and, and this is another thing too, and I I highly recommend taking some improv classes because and the, the number one thing you need to do is just learn how to get out of your own head. 
Because in improv, one of the biggest skills you'll learn is to quiet that that inner voice that says, oh no, don't say that, that's dumb, right? In improv, you just learn to go with it one brick at a time, and then you get more comfortable in your own skin in doing that. Now, the upper levels of skill and talent in improv blows me away. I am not very good at improv comedy, but at least I learned the basic building blocks of, of how to trust your partner how to quiet your brain and say, listen, whatever I'm going to say, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be pretty. It doesn't have to be. It just needs to, I just need to show up. I love that so much. And, and you know, you were saying, um, you know, listen to the first podcast. I always, I would say go to the first YouTube video. Cause, oh cause, yeah. Cause like, I can see them. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, know, you can see the discomfort that's all over Absolutely. their face, the bad lighting, the, the yes. mustard stain on their shirt, like yep. things. And you are probably seeing their third or fourth take. Yeah. And maybe their 20th. <laughs> yeah. So easily. And easily. I have to say, I'm just really glad that the first time I was on the news, that it, that, that footage has been erased from memory because <laughs> I, I was... Because that's how the internet works, Ashley. It's gone. Never to be seen again, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but now with the, with the internet, though, now all of our stuff, you can still find it somewhere. But it's um, somewhere. It's out there. This is like, you know... Way back when I was still a baby blogger, before I actually started a full-on blog, I was hawking this T-shirt that I was trying to really get nice. out there because I wanted everyone to know about the USF Bulls, and it was a full of bull shirt. Okay, and I made this decision that I was going to um, sell the shirt, and half of the proceeds were always going to go to charity, and so that's how I ended up on the news. Had this bright red blush on. What the hell was I thinking? Like horrible makeup. Like it was awful. And needless to say, I'm glad that didn't work out and that no one knew the footage is. <laughs> yeah, but because you did that, you are now at the level of comfort, Ashley, that you are now. And I wish there were a, you know, it's like learning to swim, right? The only, I mean, you can watch YouTube videos about it. You can, you know, you can listen to podcasts about swimming. You can watch TV shows. You can read about it. But at some point... Um, the only way that you're really going to learn to swim is you're just going to have to jump in the water and it's going to be very uncomfortable when you're in the deep end for the first time. But Absolutely. That's, that's the way to learn. We all know that, right? Same, just like riding a bike. Um, activity knowledge is 10 times more powerful than learned knowledge. And so you're just going to have to get it out of the way. You know, even something as silly like taking a cruise with, you know, you're going to make mistakes the first time you take a cruise. That's normal. Um, I mean, unless you really, I mean, you could really study this out, but just give yourself, Ashley, I love the term, you know, giving ourselves grace to make mistakes. Um, and without those mistakes, you don't gain the wisdom. The reason that you are who you are today is largely the culmination of all of your experiences in life and your relationships and, you know, things that you've figured out. And if you can learn 10 times faster by doing this stuff rather than just learning about this stuff, uh, then, you know, that just makes you a more powerful person so you can have a greater impact on the world. So let's let's bring that back to how we can use all of that in promoting our blogs. What would be your first recommendation to someone who already has a blog? Maybe they don't have enough content yet, but they're working on it. Sure. Where should they where, where should they begin with the, you know, getting my name out there into the media? OK. Well, well, let's even just address, um, I think, an important question of why. 
Why would I bother with the media? That's not a big audience. Okay, so here's why you do this, right? And I've done media consulting for some really, you know, a lot of people in, in my life. A lot of um, lot of professionals, a lot of very, very um, successful, wealthy individuals, um, you know, and so we've advised on why, what they talk about, what they say, why, how they say it, you know, how they show up, their body language, all this. Okay, well, why go through all this effort? Okay, um, especially when you consider that audiences of a TikTok are a thousand times greater in some cases. Why would you bother with media? Well, it's because there are more benefits to traditional media than just eyeballs, right? And the primary benefit, it's like, why when Tony Robbins comes on stage, does he show clips of him on CNBC? Like he's like, his audience in the room is bigger than, you know, what's in that CNBC viewing audience. So the reason he does it is because it is authority. It's an authority indicator, right? And so um, if, if your goal is to build up your blog, to get a lot of eyeballs, to make a big impact in the world, your um, brand associated with, be, you know, being a media brand is going to earn the trust of your readers. So if you're a food blogger and you've gone in and you've got video on your website, on your blog, of you going in and doing cooking segments on your local TV segment or at your local TV station, as opposed to going to an identical blog and there's no authority indicators there, um, how would you, how would you rate, you know, the, oh, do I follow this person or do I follow this person? And generally, again, those authority indicators are going to, are, are going to earn the respect and attention of new audiences. So a lot of times, Ashley, people think about like when they look at media, they think about the main, they think about the big prize of being exposed to a bunch of new audience and somehow that then it's going to make them a bunch of riches. All right. I'm going to tell you right now that TV, radio for sure, um, but, you know, newspaper, uh, you know, like news, yeah, being quoted in the news, like those are pretty fickle audiences. Like they're just seeing you for the first time. Um, expect to not be blown away by the response that you get. Now, unless, and I've done, you know, national stuff, and I've certainly done some some pretty big major market stuff, like if you get the big, big, big stuff, yeah, it can be a game changer for sure. Um, but what you, I think the bigger prize is the accumulation of you just starting to get seen here and there. Use that, but okay, what you do, this is really important. If you go and you do a local TV segment or you're quoted in the news, and you're like, ha ha, my work is done. Now let the money come rolling in. Okay, you're you've only done about a third of the work, um, because if that, yeah, 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 the greater value you're going to get is is going to come from what you do with that. So you have to get a recording, a copy of that TV segment. If we're talking about TV, right? You need to capture that in every way conceivable. Don't rely on somebody else to record it for you. You record it, capture it, and get it embedded, get it on YouTube or get it wherever you can, right? Sometimes you have to look at rights and stuff like that. But but you want to capture that as best as you can, and you want to make that, like, um, incredibly visible. Because if I see that you're a regular fixture on TV, my 
uh, opinion of you goes up. And actually, when people say, oh, I don't trust the media, I know everyone says that. It's not true. We we trust the authority through that association. We we uh, you know, you might hate Fox News um, and a lot of people do and a lot of people love it. Um, but regardless of your political leanings, if you're seen on Fox News, I'm sorry, but that is a that is a big feather in your cap from a perceived authority perspective. So um, so, yeah, so that's why we do it. So repurposing it. And actually, with today's AI tools, there's no excuse. If you are on a podcast, if you are doing a, a YouTube collab, for example, collaboration with someone, if you are seen and heard on a you know a TikTok that gets in front of a bunch of people, like those don't have the authority, um, doesn't have the authority, cachet the traditional media, but there's other great visibility. But everything you do should always be, listen, this is really important to my content creator friends out there. Everything you do should always be recorded. You need to be like the Beatles. You need to just record everything you do and then um, use, get get great, uh, great team together. Um, you know, start with one VA who knows how to use the AI repurposing tools, right? If, it, if you don't even have money for that, just start using some tools. Um, there's so many tools that are popping in. I, I'd, I'd hate to, you know, recommend, um, you know, because they, they change every day, but certainly, you know, Take that content, repurpose it into 20, 30 pieces of content, put it in the jukebox and share it and keep sharing it and keep sharing it in lots of different places, share it everywhere. So like, actually, this one conversation that you and I are doing, I can easily turn this into 25 social media pieces of social media content. I hope to get a recording and I hope to promote you. And let's, you know, let's, you know, let's take this work that we're doing and make sure that it's seen everywhere. It's so cheap and easy to do today. It used to cost thousands of dollars to an agency to, to you know, kind of get, a, you know, really do, really do some great repurposing work. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, anyone can repurpose now. Which is kind of awesome because, like, you can spend $30 on, like, an AI thing for a month. And it'll take, like, I was learning yesterday about one. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I'll put it in the show notes when I when I find it. But it'll take a 45-minute interview, and it'll chop it up into verticals. It'll chop it up into, like, TikToks and Instagrams and, you know, little shorts and things like that. And it's like, this is prime time if you're trying to to get your name out there. Just just riff on the on the mic for, like, 15 minutes, and who knows what you could create. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. So I think another time, you know, here's another advantage to being interviewed or being in the media is it, it solves that blinking cursor thing. Right. And so now here's another hack. Right. Um, even if, you know, so it's nice when somebody's asking you the questions because that makes it easy. You just have to answer the questions, basically. Um, if if you need to produce original content and you don't have anybody else to ask you the questions, just go to chat GPT and say, you know, give it some pre -pro give it plenty of pre prompts. So it has the right context and then say, give me 10 questions to prompt me for you know, social media content and it will, and it'll be, and it's awesome. And so, yeah, if you're not doing that right now, I mean, again, you're not competing. I, I, this was, um, I think someone from either Google or Facebook, I forget who it was. Um, so forgive me for my lack of details on this, but they, you know, the quote was basically, you're not competing against AI. You're competing against all the other marketers and business leaders who are already using it. And if you're not, you're being left behind. 
So you've got to get on it. Not to put any pressure on you, um, but you know, um, your ability to impact audiences um, is going to directly correlate with your impact in the world and your ability to grow and scale revenue. You know, every time you and I talk, you remind me of all the things that I'm not doing enough of. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. I want... Here, here's the good news, right? Here's the good news. The good news is you don't have to do everything. Um, I would say pick one thing and and just do the, just do that one. And and, and you're going to hear shiny. Hey, listen, if you're hearing shiny object stuff from me, I'm not telling you you need to spend all the time and get on TV. There's a lot of other stuff that you could do. Um, but um, my... My recommendation would be don't try to be a jack of all trades, obsess on one thing and be the best in the world at that one thing, right? So um, I've done, as a podcaster now, I've been on somewhere between three and 400 podcasts as a guest. And then I've also recorded about 2,000 episodes as a host. Um, Just a few. <laughs> you, the, the, but that's my, yeah, you're right. But I share that. In, in like, there were people that were like, oh, podcaster, huh? You really need to spend all your time in Clubhouse. And I'm like, maybe, but you know what? I'm kind of locked and loaded here. Let me know how that goes. If I miss an opportunity, okay, I'm okay with that. Let me know how it goes two, three months from now. And sure enough, you know, those people didn't come back to return and report. <laughs> so I don't get shiny. Like if I find, if you find something that's working and even if it's not like, blowing the doors off or whatever, but it's, it's consistently performing and working. Stick with it. You know, every, every YouTuber that, that I've had the opportunity to build relationships with, um, kind of goes through the very same life cycle. They start off, nobody's watching and they keep showing up and they keep showing up and they keep showing up. Their, their quality gets better. Um, cause they keep showing up. And then eventually four months, eight months, two years later, if they show up consistently, YouTube rewards them. Yeah. Well, as long as your content is in demand from from that YouTube audience. So that's how to do it today. Well, and one of the things that you said um, is every single opportunity you have to get in the media, that basically you need to make sure you're recording it. Now, one of the things I love about you that you have done is you have a media page that is phenomenal on your website. So I feel like this is kind of, you know, to kind of wrap it all up, all those things that you're doing, you need to put them in one place to show your proof, your social proof that you can yeah. use for your audience for authority. But then you can also take that to sponsors and say, look at all these amazing things I've done. This is this yeah. is why you need me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, right now, uh, brands are always looking for micro influencers. Um, serve, serve a unique audience, you know, niche in into... Um, you know, if, if you only produce content for pregnant moms, great, be the best in the world at producing content for pregnant moms, because guess what? Um, you, there is a really great business model ahead for you. Um, you know, it, from, you know, everyone that wants to market to expected mothers, right? Um, so build that audience and then start reaching out to those brands and saying, I love your product. Listen, if you'd ever be interested in doing content together, I would love to work with you in some way. Um, now, my recommendation is if you're early stage, see if you can't do some stuff on trade initially just to kind of get the momentum going. Um, and then just, you know, you just work on that, right? And um, or, you know, and find ways that you can talk about products and services 
in a way that's honoring of your audience. So you don't want to be shilling because um, people can tell when you're just, yeah, you're getting paid for that influencer stuff. So you got to be very authentic and upfront and honest with people um, about how you do that. Um, but there's there's a lot of business to be done from brands that want to connect with great micro influencers. Um, Ashley, I think you, you've, you've been to FinCon. FinCon. No, I haven't been yet. I want to go so bad yeah. looking for a sponsor. <laughs> Yeah, so I share that. Um, FinCon is a great conference. Um, it's for money nerds. Um, man, I'll tell you, you know, if you produce, and that's my background, right? So personal finance content, you know, that sort of thing. There are so many brands that want to give you money to talk about them. You just have to come up with a way that, again, honors your audience. But there's a lot of opportunities, so many verticals. But again, my recommendation um, would be to become the best in the world at a very, very niche thing. Um, there's a book uh, I remember back in the day called Now Discover Your Strengths. And again, the premise there is you don't want to be a jack of all trades. You want to be the best in the world, a very particular, very niche aspect of the game or you know, a particular industry. You don't want to be a general life coach. You want to be a burnout coach for women uh, in their 40s. Uh, who, you know, are blah, 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 right? And come up, and that's, there's no one on the planet that's better than you. Ashley, for what we do, leveraging platform and generosity for B2B sales, um, particularly if we're thinking about platform like podcasts, there's nobody on the planet, there's nobody on the planet who uh, is at my level at this very niche nerdy thing. I'm pretty unremarkable at 99.9999% of the stuff on the planet. But this one thing, um, I, I feel like I've, I, I don't know that there's anybody who has my level of experience and um, results um, from this thing because we've just uh, obsessed on it for years and years and years and years and years. Yeah, and you have so many amazing, like so much amazing content about how to like be a podcast guest and how to, you know, leverage that into to so much more. So speaking of which, where can people find you online? Yeah. So, you know, a couple of things. I am always looking for great podcast guests. Um, I, I have, you know, I've got getting on 1600 episodes for the Thoughtful Entrepreneur. It's a daily show. Um, also, you know, in particular, anytime I can get um, female business leaders, um, you know, if you've been in business for any length of time, you have decent, like you've got some success to speak of and your high authority in what you do. I would love to feature you. So um, now to become a guest on the podcast, really easy. Just have a simple application process and then we'll get you into the mix. So that website that you want to go to so you can make sure, because um, again, I have a pretty big, we have over 100,000 at this point on social media. So I'd love to promote you far and wide. But that website is www.upmyinfluence.com. So www.up myinfluence.com. And when you click on, when you go there, you're going to see a button that's going to say podcast. Click on that button. And then you'll see where we've got that. Hey, we're looking for guests. And so you can click on that. So that's number one. Number two, um, as I've gone through, I would love to teach more about what is working right now. But more importantly, what are your peers already doing? That, you know, while you're, you know, picking your nose in the DMs, um, you know, you've got, you know, true business leaders who have unlimited amounts of business to do. And that's because they're networking like leaders do. Stop with the selling, stop with the creepy, you know, lurking in the shadows kind of stuff. You don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to also, if you're B2B, 
I, I, I question how much money you really need to spend in advertising unless it's a different model, right? Um, so you could end up potentially saving yourself a lot of money by, again, leading with a little bit more generosity. So I do a free class. It's kind of the uh, audio equivalent. It's like an audio book kind of put to some slides and stuff. And I'll teach you step by step by step exactly how this works. And again, exactly what true business leaders, collaboratively minded, you know, generous in their heart and wildly successful I'll break down and tell you exactly what they have already been doing um, while these gurus are just trying to sell you into another program that like kind of the stuff you're talking about, Ashley. No, thank you. I'd rather build my business with class. <laughs> I love that so much. And I, I have to tell you, I've still been trying to get to that revenue number that I know you want for some of your guests. Yeah. And again, that that free class is at upmyinfluence.com as well. So you can just, and it's right up there. I'd, I'd love to have you watch it. I'm not going to sell you on anything. I mean, if you're, you're an adult, if if you like what I do and you can afford what I do, then we'll figure it out. You know, if it's not that stage yet, it's okay. You'll get there. <laughs> we all do. Just stay in the game. And honestly, the big thing that's coming through for me is I, I feel like every blogger also needs a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of benefits there. I mean, because again, you can record one thing and unlike Ashley, if you wanted to, I mean, you probably have a good four blog articles just based on the content. I don't, I, and I'm thrilled to, to help produce that for you, with you. Um, yes, today so, we'll make sure you get a copy. Yes, <laughs> you take, take the transcripts, feed it into ChatGPT. Um, don't publish what ChatGPT gives you. I mean, to work on it, um, yeah. personalize massage it. it. Massage it. Yeah, put your own stories in there. Um, don't don't just spit out AI content. That's that again. Google knows what you're doing. Even you know people claim, oh no no no, yeah yeah Google. You're not gonna outsmart. Don't try to outsmart Google. Just work with Google. Be be Google's <laughs> best friend, and just follow everything they tell you to do. Best practices. And so your AI content, though, will at least get the ball rolling and, and give you something that you can work with and become masterful at copy editing and, and working in stories and humanizing and personalizing it. You know, um, don't, you know, pre-prompts are really, really important. I mentioned this earlier um, in, in, chat, in tools like ChatGPT so that you tell it exactly what the deal is. Yeah, because the more information you give it, the better yep. product it can give you. Yep. I love it so much. There's been a lot of golden nuggets that you've shared in this. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking your time to to chat with me. And um, I, I can't wait to see how the end product of this episode turns out because I know that a lot of the things you've said, people need to hear. They may not want to, but they need to. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, we all want to celebrate you. I mean, and if your goal truly is to make an impact in the world, um, then it, it is just going to require some, you know, uh, challenges to your imposter syndrome. Everybody's got it. And if you don't, you're not normal. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Like um, everybody show up scared, um, do it scared, um, and then keep doing it even when you're doing it bored. So do it bored. I mean, that's atomic habits right there. Do it scared at the beginning, then do it bored to become a champion. Ah, oh, good stuff. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you, Ashley. It's so great being here. Well, my bloggy friends, I hope you enjoyed all the insights our guests had to share with you. To get the show notes for this and all episodes, go over to famousashleygrant.com backslash podcast. And until next time, may your page fees be high and your bounce rate be low. <laughs>